Welcome to I Got Back Up, Getting Back Up With. I'm Talia Lazarus, the founder of I Got Back Up, and in August 2021, my life changed. I was in a road accident, which led me to 10 weeks of no walking, knee surgery that September, and then double knee surgery in February 2022. After learning how to walk again in my 20s, my journey took me through greatest highs and extreme lows. Everybody has a story, and everyone's story is different, but even in the smallest of ways, we can all relate. And as humans, we always talk about when someone is back up, or how, why, and when something happened. We tend not to discuss the middle part, the recovery, the journey, the darkness, and the continuous roller coaster of ups and downs. It's a taboo subject for most, but here it's not. You have the chance to change your story. So come face to face with your fears and step out into the unknown. You don't have to be ruled by those fearful and negative emotions anymore because there is so much beauty and adventure on the other side. You can face all your obstacles and walls with us and those around you. You are not alone. We are stronger together. Today I'm joined by Leslie Rays, author of Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle. After reaching a point in her life where she was willing to give it all up, Leslie decided to change her own life. Still facing her fears every day and getting back up from falling, Leslie began riding a motorcycle with the influence from her family, especially the women in her life. Learning to ride applied to everything in her life. Understanding how to live in the present moment and deal with what was right in front of her and not living in the past or the future. She understood the importance of not waiting for someday anymore. Even if life is not perfect and things are tough, don't wait for the perfect life. Enjoy the moments that you have. Don't wait for tomorrow and be completely stuck in the moment today as your whole life will otherwise go by without you even seeing it. So today we're with Leslie. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Where are you based? I'm in California, Northern California. Very nice, very nice. It's a beautiful part of the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. So obviously, you know kind of where we're going to go. The floor is completely over to you, so start wherever you want to start. Well, I know this is about I got back up. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that's one of my Zen principles of good motorcycle riding habits. Mm -hmm. And um, basically, I wrote a book called The Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle. The reason it is called that is because it's based on that the Zen principle that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And getting back up after a fall, it seems like the most obvious thing to do. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's this weird thing in us. Sometimes I feel like We think that we are um, trying to defy the laws of nature or the universe. If, you know, we don't do well at something, we fail, we fall down. And then you feel like, how do I have the audacity to get back up? Mm -hmm. You know, am I going to just get pushed back down again? So I came up with these. This is one of the principles. If you fall down, get back up. Um, When I was learning to ride a motorcycle, but found that they actually applied to anything in life. Um, anytime you fall down, you need to get back up. Anytime you, um, you know, you, if you don't know something, you should try to learn it. And it's really just about living life in the present moment and, and just dealing with what's in front of you while it's in front of you, handling things in your life in the order that they come, um, not trying to live in the future or, uh, just keep on living in the past, but trying to find yourself in the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. And I think that's the thing is being completely present and in the present moment is something that I think a lot of people take for granted. And I don't think they realize how important it actually really is. Right. It's true. It just seems like uh, something that we should be doing like uh, intuitively. Mm-hmm. But it really, it really isn't. It's something that you have to sort of be mindful. That's the whole, the whole thing is about mindfulness, being where you are, mm-hmm. when you're there. Even if things aren't that great, you can also honor that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not in the best place in my life right now. This and that happened and it's not going quite the way I want. Um, just sort of leaning into it and being like, okay, so what am I going to do now? Instead mm-hmm. of thinking like, well, don't worry, someday this someday I'm going to make a million dollars or someday I'm going to meet my soulmate and then or someday <laughs> I'm going to buy my dream house and then I'll be happy. You know, yeah. it, it, we, I tend to do that when the moment isn't that good. <laughs> I want to yeah. escape somewhere else. But I think it's important sometimes even when things aren't always that great to just honor it. Be like, yeah, it's not so good right now, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, this is just where I am right now. Yeah, because I think going through those times and being in that, you know, that moment and in that low experience is, you know, I guess the only way is up and mm. it, it it can make you a lot stronger from going through those moments. And then you, when the smaller, happier, finer things in life happen, you really kind of, you really see them for what they truly are because you've been through what you've been through. Correct. And not only that, just practicing living in the present mm. when things are good, then you're not doing it. Like, I think when things are bad, a lot of times we're going to hope, well, hopefully someday, you know, I, I meet my soulmate or whatever it is that you think that you need. We can do the opposite when we're in a good time. So everything's going great. You met your soulmate, you're buying your house or, or you know, you made a million dollars and then the person's brain can go to, oh no, something bad's going to happen now. I can't yeah. let myself feel happy. Yeah. You know, that's why it's so important to live in the present because it's true in a way. Things are going good. You know that it's mm-hmm. not, things constantly ebb and flow. Yeah. Sometimes things are great. Sometimes things are not so great. So it's so important to be in that moment. And, and, the, and even what you said, those little tiny things, those little tiny moments, even mm-hmm. when Maybe your overall big picture isn't that great. You're having a breakup. You didn't get the house you wanted to buy. You can't afford the apartment you Mm -hmm. want to live in. But, you know, you're drinking your favorite cup of coffee in your favorite park in the middle of all this bad stuff going on. And that's really where those moments are. Those are where those get back up moments come in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what made you write this book then? Well, I... It was, I was learning to ride a motorcycle during the pandemic. (laughs) And there was this part of me that just felt like I'm not the kind of person that rides a motorcycle. Mm -hmm. You know, like I kept, I had this self-talk that was like, you're too flaky. You're too unfocused. You're not responsible enough. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on the other side, there's the people who are reckless. They get on the, the motorcycle. They don't practice any safety skills. I'm not that kind of person either. So (laughs) I was like, what kind of a person rides a motorcycle safely? You know, they're, they're focused. They focus on the present. They, you know, if they fall down, they get back up. Um, These were sort of things I wanted to integrate into my own life. Mm -hmm. But the real um, inspiration was a cousin of mine. My, my 
my cousin was speaking at my uncle's funeral mm -hmm. um, and she's a very successful emergency medical doctor. She's somebody I've always admired, really mm -hmm. just smart. I always thought she was so together. And she was told the story at his funeral about how he taught her to ride motorcycles when she was really little, mm -hmm. like five, six, seven, eight years old. They had these little mini bikes and um, she crashed one and yeah. flipped herself over the handlebars and messed up the bike really bad. And my uncle, she thought she was going to get grounded. She was thought she was going to be in trouble. <laughs> and instead, my uncle calls her into the garage and says, mm -hmm. look what you did. You broke the motorcycle. So we're going to the store and you have yeah. to learn how to fix it. You broke it. You have to fix it. If you don't know how, you have to learn. Mm -hmm. And once we're done fixing it, you need to get back on it immediately because I you're otherwise you're going to be afraid to ever get back right. on a motorcycle again. And we're both, we both, we're both half Filipino. Our fathers are from the Philippines. And if you know anything about Filipino fathers, they're extremely overprotective and controlling. Mm -hmm. So this is sort of a shocking um, reaction that he had. And everyone was sort of stunned. What are you telling this little pretty little girl to get back on a motorcycle <laughs> for? But she took that into her life. You know, and yeah. I, it kind of made sense. I said, my goodness, it's so simple. He just taught her, if you fall down, get back up. If you break something, fix it. If you don't know how to, you learn. Mm -hmm. But you also face your fears. Are you afraid to get back on the motorcycle because you crashed it? Yeah. He made her get back on. And something in me just clicked because it was something. Motorcycles were sort of in my periphery all the time. My father mm -hmm. rode, my uncle rode, my female cousins, and then my boyfriend, now husband, also has been riding mm -hmm. since he was little. And he tried to teach me when I was in my 20s and I was terrified. I tried to learn and it was just too scary. And I said, I'm, I'm fine on the back. <laughs> so after this funeral, I told my husband, I want to try to learn how to ride a motorcycle again. And he was like, are you kidding me? Because we were living <laughs> in Los Angeles at the time, which is the world capital of horrible traffic. <laughs> You know, and he's like, we just left a rural area on the East Coast where it would have been so much mm -hmm. easier for him to teach me. But I was just determined after I heard that story, I, I realized mm -hmm. I'm like, most of the qualities that I had really admired in my cousins, they weren't genetic or inherent or just part of their personality. It was something that they learned how to do. They learned mm -hmm. how to be brave. They learned how to get get up when they fell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually inspiration from family members then. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Yeah, it was a lot of different things, but definitely the women. That's the other mm -hmm. thing I wanted to to point out. You know, um, I had taken a a pink braid, like a piece of hair that you stick on your helmet, like it's mm -hmm. supposed to be like a cute little decoration. And you know, some of my friends are like, "What are you putting that stupid braid on your helmet for?" You know, and I said, "Because I want to make sure that when little girls see me ride by, that they know it's a woman on the mm -hmm. motorcycle." Because mm -hmm. it really was women that inspired me to ride more than men. Men were mm -hmm. the men in my life were a little bit more like, "Are you sure? What are you crazy? Why are you trying to do this?" And the women were like, "Go for it!" You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that's the thing is it's 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 inspirational for for women to see, you know, you doing something like that. Because I guess when you think of riding a motorcycle, it probably is more of a, let's say, you'd imagine more of a, a masculine sort mm -hmm. of, you know. So when you think of it as a woman, it's uh, it definitely gives more inspiration for many different, you know, females and women yeah. these days. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and guys aren't always that encouraging. <laughs> you know, 
I didn't. I don't find the men on social media to be very encouraging. <laughs> Saying they'll tell you, you know, like uh, there's another um, famous moto vlogger that I like to follow, and she mm-hmm. just bought a big adventure motorcycle. So these are like really big motorcycles. It's hard to get your feet down because they're tall. Yeah. You know, they're meant to ride long distance and to also go off road. So they're pretty big machines. And she's been riding for a good like five or six years, but she. You know, we put these bars on the sides of our motorcycles so that if they mm-hmm. fall over, you don't hurt them. She's got these big drop bars on her motorcycle, and she's practicing doing very tight U-turns. And she said, she just said flat out, well, I plan on dropping this motorcycle a whole bunch. And so a whole bunch of men come on, <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, if you're dropping your motorcycle, you shouldn't be riding. And she's just like... She's like, if you don't plan on failing when you're pursuing something, then you're really, you're never going to get there. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it was Thomas Edison. He said, uh, he says, I, I never failed. I just found a, a thousand ways that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, that was something too, like when I was younger trying to learn, it was really a lot more men. It was only mm-hmm. 10% of women were, were riding motorcycles in the United States. I think it's a little bit higher in other countries. Yeah, in the United States, not as many women were riding. We're in the last ten years. It's been it's now doubled. So tw- it's still low. Eighty percent mm-hmm. are men, twenty percent are women riding motorcycles. But I think the more women ride, and we start encouraging each other, because it's the men are like, well, if you dropped your motorcycle twice, you shouldn't be riding. <laughs> the women will say, if you've never dropped your motorcycle, are you even riding? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> never even taken a you know a chance you yeah. know you're gonna yeah. drop your motorcycle you're gonna be scared sometimes mm-hmm. you're gonna feel like you have no business doing this yeah. but you do it anyway and that's with anything big in life anything that you're trying to challenge even writing this book mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know anything you're you're wondering am I in over my head anytime yeah. you challenge yourself and so you just have to know that's normal you just gotta yeah. keep going yeah, I think that's the thing. You hit the nail on the head where it's uh, when if someone says to you, oh, you know, you, you don't want to fall off the motorcycle. You know, you, you're not really riding it properly if you are falling off of it. But that's the point is, you know, you can try something a hundred times, but don't stop because that hundred and one time you might not fall off the motorcycle and you right. might be able to accomplish whatever you're set out to accomplish. And I think that's the thing is people get, People either get too scared to start or they might be enduring and halfway through, let's say, and they think, mm, I'm going to give up because this isn't happening for me. But it is the truth of if you don't give up, that 101 time could be the day that everything changes. Right. And it's not, yeah. And like, it's not just the motorcycle, right? Yeah. It, it's anything. It's your career. It's pursuing your dream. It's you know, looking for your soulmate, looking for your house, looking for that million dollars. (laughs) You know, I I like to point out when we were babies and we were all learning how to walk. Yeah. Imagine the first couple times we fell. How many times did we have to fall down before we could actually walk? But, you know, none of us said to ourselves in our toddler minds, "Eh, I'm just going to stay in the stroller. (laughs) We didn't do it. So what happens when we got older? Yeah. What happens? <laughs> yeah. Mom, dad, I'm done. I'm, I, this, this walking thing isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, it's not for me. You're just going to have to carry me from now on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that that's very true, actually. And I think that's the thing is when we are young and we're kids, we don't 
we almost don't kind of process fear as much. So, and then as adults, we even we don't yeah. say, "Oh, I fell down," you know. And so I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't do that when we're kids. We fall down, we cry, we get back on the bicycle. Yeah. We're cut up, we're scratched, we're bruised. Yeah. You know? We might not want to get cut up and scratched and bruised as an adult, but, you know, internally, it's like that first bruise yeah. to the ego and you're ready to call it a day. Yeah. So you want to be mindful of that and just yeah. be like, I'm feeling yeah. bad. I'm just going to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So what was the turning point then that made you want to, obviously you said your family and the inspiration and all of all of that, but what was the turning point that you said to yourself, I'm going to face my fear and I'm going to do this now? You know, it's, People ask me that and it's like, I'm still facing my fears. I'm still, you know, trying to get up from falling. Um, You know, there was a one point in my book where I talk about, and this was look in the direction you want to go, not where you don't want to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Because um, I had a mentally ill mother. She's no longer with me, but my biggest fear growing up was this is genetic. I'm going to end up crazy and in a psych ward and Mm -hmm. unloved and lonely like my mother. Mm -hmm. And so much fear surrounded that it was like that was that was the picture I painted in my mind Mm -hmm. because your mind does not see I don't or I don't want or no it just so if you say something like uh you know you want to meet your soulmate but you're thinking I don't want to be vulnerable I don't want to be you know I don't want to get screwed over I don't want to be taken advantage of well then don't even look for love (laughs) because like those are the risks that you take right yeah So there was this moment where I had checked myself back into uh, a psychiatric hospital because I was feeling like I just wanted to check out a life and I didn't want to live Mm -hmm. anymore. And at the same time, I didn't want to feel that way. I Mm -hmm. wanted to stop myself. Um, But there was this point where I felt like I had really hit rock bottom and there was nowhere else to go but Mm -hmm. up. You know, so it was never, it was not like there was this eureka, you know, I'm going to live a great life now. Yeah. It was more of, okay, well, it's up to me to save myself, mm. you know? And so once you're, you pick yourself up, you know, you can do it again. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's just finding that, that will to push yourself through. Sometimes you just realize there's, there's nowhere to go, but up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is rock bottom can be a, it can be, or not it can be, it's a really bad place and it's quite, un, you know, from my accident and when I hit rock bottom in my, obviously in my ways, you, I can see how, how easy it is and how comfortable it is to stay down there and obviously yeah. when people then, you know, go certain directions and do certain things with regards to that. But how difficult that first step to go, actually, I need to save myself from this. And taking that first step is quite possibly the hardest step to take. But once you take it and you show yourself you can take that one step, I think as soon as you take it, the journey, although it can be extremely hard, is almost easier once you take the step. Right. They even say that about yoga class. The hardest part of the yoga class is getting in your car and driving there (laughs) and putting the mat on the floor. You know, that is the hardest. Once that's done, you're home free. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's the same in life. You know, you just apply those, um, 
you know, if you fall down, get back up. I had a friend say who was also learning how to ride a motorcycle mm-hmm. and he felt like he was defying or, or he was, it was being too egotistical. Like mm-hmm. him falling down was maybe his humility telling him to stay down. And I said, yeah. no, that's, <laughs> you wouldn't be walking on two feet right now if that were the case. Right. Yeah. You know? And so he did, he got back up and he got his license. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh no. And I think that's the thing is facing your fear, um, facing your fear, especially after going through something, it's, uh, you can find that there's so much beauty in life and you can do some amazing things once you can kind of face that. Yeah. The, and something else that you said made me think of, um, of this thing of, I had read about the fear of happiness. And I don't know that people talk about that enough because it's not like everybody wants to be happy. But I think the fear of happiness is like, you find you you allow yourself to feel joy and feel happiness and then something else happened and you feel mm. knocked down and then there's this feeling of i knew i shouldn't have gotten my hopes yeah. up which is kind of silly because it's like well but those are the moments right that make yeah. up your life so you know reading i was reading this article about the fear of happiness and it's <laughs> sort of is based on this realizing that there is some kind of responsibility that comes with being happy. Like you're responsible for your own happiness. Um, It totally made me think of like back, back when I was younger and I was pursuing a a career as a singer. I remember and I auditioned for this band and we really clicked and everything sounded great. And I went home and by the time I got home, there was a message on this back in the answering machine days before cell phones, but there was a voicemail on my answering machine. It was the guitarist saying, so I really thought that went well, and I really would like you to join my band, but I need you to tell me so, because if, if you don't want to, I need to stop being happy right now. <laughs> like he got all psyched, like, yes, this is totally going to work. I hope that I want this girl to join my band. But, you know, it made me laugh because I know that feeling. That's the feeling. I feel like it, it can hold us back if we're not careful. Like you're like, oh, great to let myself, nothing, like nothing's going wrong in my life. Nothing is really going amazing. I'm just, you're just sort of in this place where things are, and you might be afraid to just let yourself be content there Mm -hmm. because it's like, well, what's going to, is something better going to happen or something awful going to happen? Like this guitar, is she going to call me and tell me she doesn't want to join the band? (laughs) I need to know right now so I could stop being happy. Yeah. (laughs) that's something else when you're thinking about getting back up that um, we should be mindful of. Are you holding yourself back because you're afraid that if you allow yourself to feel some kind of joyful emotion that it's going to get taken away tomorrow? Yeah. And then you have to ask yourself, well, if it does get taken away tomorrow, isn't that even a more of a reason for me to be joyful in this moment? Yeah. It's interesting because I know, you know, I know people that are too afraid to, after let's say after a bad dating experience they're too afraid to put themselves back out there again because they don't want to get their hopes up on someone else to only get heartbroken again or they don't want to go on another date for them to you know be someone they don't you know that that, that didn't tick enough boxes or whatever you know the reasons are but the issue is is just because that one two three however many people weren't how you wanted it to be it doesn't mean the next experience isn't going to be the same. And I think that's the issue is that because when people do 
you know, let's say they fall down and, and, you know, things don't go necessarily their way, putting themselves out there and being vulnerable to something that could be the happiest thing of their life, the, the most amazing part of their, you know, their experience. They're too afraid to do it because they're too afraid to feel happiness again for it to be taken away. Right. Right. And the truth is, even if you do meet your soulmate and you do meet that person that ticks off the boxes, you just never know what can happen in life, you know? And so I think, you know, part of learning to get back up is learning to really appreciate those moments of joy and understanding that nothing is set in stone. Nothing is, you know, anything could be fleeting. Enjoy the date while you have it because maybe you won't date him again tomorrow. (laughs) 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 But it is true. It's you can't, you cannot go through life like, and just using the example of finding a partner to, you know, making a list of everything you don't want. Mm. You have to make the list of what you do want in life, right? So whether it's a, whether it's a boyfriend or a job or just any, anything in life, like mm-hmm. my acupuncturist told me, uh, he's like, yeah, you don't go into a restaurant and say, I don't want the grilled cheese. <laughs> I don't want the French onion soup. It's going to go through the whole menu. My deduction. So you have to be very specific with yeah. yourself when you're saying what you want and what you don't want and being careful not to focus on what you don't want because yeah. right. Your brain will just create a pain. I don't want to fall off the motorcycle. So what am I picturing in my brain as I'm saying, I don't want to fall off the motorcycle. I'm yeah. seeing myself fall off the motorcycle. It's yeah. saying, I want to go on a ride and be safe. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. But that's like positive self-talk and, you know, right. just, just being more positive and saying the things you do want and okay, but say if you don't feel great today and, or you don't like something about your, you know, how you feel or the way you look or anything, it's almost saying to yourself, okay, I might not feel okay, but you know, what? I'm going to tell myself I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's those kind of things, just talking to yourself and just saying more positive things rather than, like you said, imagining right. I don't want to fall off the bike, but then you're imagining falling off the bike. Right, exactly. So and yeah. then when, you, when you're in that moment where you've fallen off the bike, you know, the, <laughs> or fallen down in life, I do think it's important also um, to just recognize like, okay, this sucks and I feel really bad, yeah, yeah. but I'm going to get back up anyway. Yeah. Or, you know, my life might not be exactly where I want it to be at this moment, but I'm going to do this one little thing for myself yeah. to get in the direction that I want to go, to put one yeah. foot in the direction I want to go. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I think that first step can, it can take you into dimensions that you just never, ever, ever mm-hmm. thought would happen. Yeah. And um, something that someone brought up on another interview I was on and I've been saying this a lot because I think it's really important when you are in a fallen down situation where <laughs> whatever that is in your life to remember like the you know any time that you've had a positive breakthrough in your life was it preceded by something easy mm-hmm. or was it preceded by something really difficult and challenging or was it even preceded by one of the worst times in your life yeah because it seems that the best times in our life sometimes grow out of the worst times in our life. And that's so true. I can think about the absolute worst time in my life. Like amazing things happened right after that. Yeah. But when I was in it, I was suffering. Yeah. <laughs> look back and be like, next time I'm suffering to remember 
those other times I suffered, what great times came out of it. Like the, I, there's no, I can't think of any time in my life where something amazing, like there was some amazing growth in my life that wasn't, didn't come right after something really difficult, like a really yeah. difficult period in my life. Yeah. And I think that's why when it is difficult, it, it is the case of just not giving up because mm-hmm. amazing things really do happen afterwards. That's right. Yeah. And and do you, obviously, you know, you said before, obviously riding a motorcycle, you know, you were admitted to hospital and things like that. Do you think what you went through then has also impacted who you are today? Absolutely. Like I don't, I definitely don't think, I have no idea what I'd be doing if I hadn't had those challenges in my life. Like pretty much everything I do is you know, being, becoming a psychiatric nurse and Mm -hmm. writing books about mental health was all came out of that period of my life where I felt like I, you know, was ready to give up and check out, (laughs) you know, like I, I didn't, wasn't riding a motorcycle before then. And I, (laughs) I wasn't married and I didn't have, you know, I didn't have my dogs and, and things like that. So it's, it's, it's funny. It's like, yeah, it's like, um, you know, in California and in certain terrains, you know, chaparrals, it has, they have to burn yeah. the, the, the wood and the, and the, and it, it enriches the soil in order for things to grow. And you kind of think of it, I kind of think of it that way. Yeah. You know, it was like, I was in the mulch, I was in the mud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I felt like everything had burned to the ground in my life at that point. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah well that's the thing is you know in in a way in in so many different ways you've got yourself back up so yeah it's uh it's definitely when you feel that you know that everything's gone and everything whatever has been taken away from you it's 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 definitely a huge challenge Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but but at the at the same time I feel like once you've gotten to that point where you feel like it can't get worse than this, <laughs> sometimes it's empowering, you know, yeah. if you can, you know, I, I'm not really a, a fan of fake it till you make it so much, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I, there's a word come, that's come up in the last few years that I've always thought about, but now I'm, I'm actually hearing other people say it, which is toxic positivity. I think okay. you, have, you have to honor your challenges. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're in the, in the, in, in a bad place, I think it's, it's important to just recognize and, and be okay. Like, you know what? I feel like crap. I am not happy with where mm-hmm. I am right now. I am, you know, I'm struggling to pay my bills and I don't like the neighborhood on my job doesn't appreciate me or my partner. Like, I feel like if, if you don't recognize those things when, when you're in them, Mm-hmm. then you can end up getting stuck in a bad place for a long yeah. time. So that's why I'm not a fan of, you know, just, uh, Hey, just put on a smile, you know, like, no, if it sucks, it's okay. Yeah. Honor it. It's okay. You're allowed to be upset about things. You're yeah. allowed to be unhappy about things, but use that as a mm-hmm. sort of, um, motivation to get to do better and to change your situation. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I hope you don't mind me obviously asking what what were the factors that obviously led you to kind of being in that very dark place of wanting to give up? Yeah. Um, yeah, that goes way back because it really started with when I was a child. I, mm-hmm. My mother was 
diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, and she would get very depressed. She had a couple miscarriages, late term mm -hmm. ones, like very late. And uh, they both happened to happen around the same time of year. So every in the springtime, she would get really depressed and end mm -hmm. up in the hospital. And when I was 10 years old, um, I was hanging out with a friend of mine and it was a school night and my parents were pretty strict. I was not allowed to like deviate from my structure. Mm -hmm. So this friend was like, ask your mom if you can sleep over and we can go to school together tomorrow. And honestly, mm -hmm. I didn't, I was, I liked my structure. So I felt like I didn't even really want to, but I knew, I just knew my parents were going to say no. So she yeah. said, just call and ask, you know, and I called and my mother said, yeah, that would be a great idea. And, and she sounded really strange. So I called her right back and I said, this is weird, mom. Why do you, are you saying it would be a good idea for me to sleep over mm -hmm. my friend's house? And she's, she kind of said in this really dreamy way, well, I'm going far away. And then, and then admitted that she was going to take her own life. And I, there was something in me that snapped like my, my, the way I, the safety I felt in life as a child, it just completely shut down. I felt yeah. completely terrified of the world after that. There was nothing there was no place and nowhere that I, I felt safe because when your child, like your mommy and your daddy are supposed to keep you safe. And, and I always felt like we were pretty solid. And so that moment, it kind of changed everything. And I just felt like, you know, I talk about impulsivity, but I don't want people to confuse that with like, I didn't take risks. Like I wasn't like uh, running around trying to do dangerous things. It was almost the opposite. It was almost like I would run away from scary situations, you know, impulsively instead of like where yeah. somebody might jump off a cliff and go skydiving, you know, to deal with mine was like, I didn't even like, I was missing out on a lot of little things in life because yeah. I would run away from them because it got too scary. So, you know, there, that was a very slow, uh, <laughs> you know, like it started when I was 10 and I think, you know, this is where the part of living in the future came into mm -hmm. play. Because, you know, when you're a child, you are always looking. And when you're young, even in your early 20s, you feel like you have the whole, your whole life in front of you. So I think I started living my life in a way that I was hoping my future would save me from mm -hmm. whatever this painful childhood was. Someday I'll grow up and be happy. But it was, again, that someday, you yeah. know someday I'll grow up. So there's not much enjoying of, of your childhood or your teenage years or your college years, because you're, I'm constantly was trying to run away from this anxious feeling of not being yeah. safe, you know? So at somewhere in my mid thirties is when it finally hit me. Cause it's like, you're not a kid anymore and you're not even close to being a teenager anymore. And you're in your mid thirties and what are you doing with your life? And there was this sort of feeling of, I don't even know how to, to find happiness. I don't even yeah. know how to be in it. I'm too afraid. I'm always waiting for the next shoe to drop, you know? And it was still like in, in my adulthood, this feeling of someday when I get make money and someday when I'm successful and someday when yeah. I meet my soulmate or, da, 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 or someday, someday, someday you're waiting to be happy someday. And you're not giving yourself permission to be happy. Even if your life is not perfect to just be happy with those little moments. Those, yeah. I had great friendships, you know, I had good people in my life. I had moments of just sitting on the beach and watching the waves and, 
instead of um, just sitting and watching the waves, I was sitting and hoping for my life to get better. And yeah. that's where I think, that's where I think the, the point is, you know, yeah. is we're not yeah. waiting for a perfect life. You have to kind of take those moments that you have. Yeah. It's, it's like, don't wait for tomorrow because you never know what's going to happen today. So there's don't wait for tomorrow and do the things you want to do today. Uh, right. and, and doing those things is about completely being in the moment and living in the moment and watching and listening to the waves rather than, you know, worrying about something else while you're right. sitting there. Cause right. the whole, your whole life will go by without you even seeing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so much of it has so much of it yeah. did. So it's something that I, you know, I strive to do is to just, you know, focus on those, uh, those little moments, like responding to situations instead of reacting. Cause I feel like yeah. if you're reactionary, it's not necessarily based in the present. You're probably yeah. reacting to something else. So on, yeah. you know, respecting where you are on your journey. So I don't have a million dollars yet. Yet. But like, so that doesn't mean I can't just be happy drinking my latte or sitting on the yeah. couch with my dogs right now. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I, I like when you talk about the latte because sometimes when I have a, a when I have my favorite coffee, I sit there and I can't wait for it, and I sit there and like, oh, this is my favorite, uh, you know, part of the morning sometimes. So yeah, it is, and that's I feel like we don't give enough credit to those moments. Yeah, you know, it's like we as a society we value the moment when you win your award or you're on the front page of the New York times, or you've got a best selling book or album or whatever it is when really the best moments are in life are sitting with your latte, your favorite latte when it's still hot (laughs) (laughs) and just sitting in your place. And while the rest of the world may not be perfect and you may still have, always will have problems in life, right? And we're always going to be trying to get, get back up from things, but you know, we need to just enjoy those moments with our latte (laughs) exactly exactly or sing you know sing your heart out in the car to your favorite song it's 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 anything like that yeah but uh it's something also that you touched upon just before which I really liked was when you said um obviously about fear and you're still facing your fears every day and I think that's a huge and that's a really important thing to understand for people is you face your fears and you you find your fears but kind of look your fears in the face every day and know that you're still going to have them. You're still going to go through them, but be okay with going through them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that is something that we don't stress enough just in the world that it's okay to not be a hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. You know, and you could still find moments of joy and happiness in, you know, in your life. I mean, I'm, you know, when you read about stories in the news, somebody's, you know, suffered a loss and then there's a picture of them smiling and laughing and then uh-huh. somebody will be like, well, they can't be really upset. I mean, their mother just died. Look, and they're, they're laughing in this picture. But that's that's reality. Yeah. You know, it's not black or white. It's not like you have a bad period in your life and you're just wearing black lipstick and walking around <laughs> brooding 
100% of the time. Mm -hmm. And even when you're in a good place in your life, you know, you just got married and you just bought a house and you had a baby, but you know, there are things that are upsetting you. I think it's important to sort of realize like that's, that's how life is, right? Like what they say, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. You're not waiting to get to some pinnacle of perfection. You're not waiting till you're solving all your problems. You're just trying to find those moments of joy when you have them and when they're right in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing is a lot of people, they miss them, but they are right in front of them. Right. I do it. I have to. That's why I wrote my book and I read it to myself. (laughs) I look at my 10 principles and I remind myself. Yeah. You know, I I had a a recent fall down. I, um, I got laid off from a job very unexpectedly for budget purposes and uh I had just moved 450 miles away from my home and you know I'm in the process of getting back up right now you know but I still have my moments with my dogs on the couch and my latte (laughs) I'm having this moment with you that I'm really enjoying right now so I want to recognize that yeah you know really grateful that you're having me on my show and having an opportunity to talk about this stuff. Yeah. So even if I get off, off of here and I'm still dealing with, you know, the fact that I might need to, if, if I don't get more book sales, I might need to have a second source of income. <laughs> you know, it's not like the perfect life, but yeah. you know, look at what, look at what a great thing this is that you give You're giving me this platform to talk about these things and hopefully some other people hear what we're talking about. and It helps mm-hmm. them too. You know, like yeah. that is a moment of joy you know, in a not so perfect moment in my life that I can, I can recognize. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And I, that's exactly what this is here for. And this is why you're here today is it's to give people a voice and it's to, to let people share their stories and in any way, shape or form that they want to say it. And, you know, hopefully, even if that touches one other person's life, then, you know, that's kind of what we want to do. And that's the aim. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It has a ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of what was one piece of advice then that you would give to somebody then that's listening? One, let's see, which one piece of advice do I want to leave <laughs> You can you say two or three if it, <laughs> what's your advice basically? Um, I think, I think my, fa- my favorite piece of advice from, from my book is to yeah, look yeah. in the direction that you want to go and not where you don't want to go. Because mm-hmm. I even find myself you know, I find myself having to remind myself of that one. You know, when my, when I first got laid off from my job, you know, your, my brain automatically goes to the worst place possible. Oh my God, I'm going to end up homeless. I'm going to live in my car. I'm going to have to move back in with my, my Mm mother-in-law or, or, you know, whatever the doomsday is. And that's the direction I don't want to go in. So what am I looking, what what direction do I want to look in? You know, I said, well, you know what? maybe this is an opportunity for me to, to become a freelance writer and not have to work for anyone else. You know, that's the direction I'd like to go in, um, to, to create a podcast, to, to, to be a nurse in a different way, you know, that I can help people in a different way than I did when I was, you know, working at a hospital or doing case management. So instead of looking, not, you know, and I found myself looking in the direction I didn't want to go, I'm going to end up homeless, living in a van by the river, you know, (laughs) that's not the direction I want to go in. You know, when you're on a motorcycle or even driving in a car, there's something called target fixation. So if you're looking Mm -hmm. at something on the side of the road, you might hit it. 
you know, especially on the motorcycle more than a car. You have to look into the turn. If you want to turn this way, there's a bunch of cars parked on the side of the road. You're looking at them. You're going to go into them. So it's the same thing in life. You got to yeah. look in the direction you want to go, not where you don't want to go. So if you're finding yourself feeling fearful, I don't want to get fired. I don't want to end up homeless. I don't want to end up broke. I don't want to, whatever it is. I don't want, I don't want to go out on a date and get taken advantage of and screwed over. Yeah. Like so when you find yourself thinking in don'ts, Think about then what do you do want to do? Look in the direction yeah. you want to go. Exactly, so exactly. No, I love that. And like you said before, it's like when you're worrying, when you're on the motorcycle, you're worrying about falling off rather than enjoying the ride. So what's you know, the point? <laughs> exactly. Why worry about something that might not even happen? Because it's it's that thing where if you worry about it and it doesn't happen, then you've spent time worrying about something that never happened. Right. Or if you unfortunately something does happen you then worried about it twice right um right. so you've exactly. taken away the first moment anyway right yeah and then you know and on the motorcycle i i talk about something be prepared think and plan ahead because planning yeah. ahead is not and looking in the direction you want to go it's not living in the future yeah it's, it's just taking care of yourself so just like that i wear a helmet gloves you know pants jacket <laughs> So if I do, if something does happen, I've protected myself as much as I can. So I don't want to think of, I'm not thinking now, oh, what's going to happen if I get hit? You're just thinking about being safe. You know, you can focus on the traffic because I've got my gear on. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure you look really cool in all the gear as well. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure. So it's a... It's always, there's, there's some pretty cool outfits when you see people ride, uh, riding a motorcycle, oh, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of women now making motorcycle gear, so we're looking nice. cuter on our motorcycles because of these women. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So preach to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. So is your book out at the moment then, or? Yes, my book came out earlier this year. It's called The Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle by Leslie okay. Reyes. Um, it's available anywhere, pretty much anywhere books are sold online. So wherever you like to buy your books, it's also on audiobook through audible. So if Perfect. you don't have time to read and you want to listen to it, you can listen to it as well. <laughs> and if you want Perfect. to find, find me, I'm at leslierayesauthor.com and that's Leslie, L-E-S-L-I-E-R-E-Y-E-S author.com. Perfect. Perfect. And is there anything else you want to share today? Um, I just want people to keep looking in the direction they want to go and Mm -hmm. to keep believing in yourself, you know, and it's okay if you don't feel so great about yourself right now. You know, that's, that's really something I, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of shame when you're not feeling like you're in the best place and that's okay. You just, you know, you just work on, get up as slowly as you need to. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 the tiniest baby, tiny little steps, and yeah. that's 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 it's all you have that's to do it. sometimes. They add up. Yeah, they really do. They do. So it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining me, Leslie. Grab a copy of her book, Zen of Learning to Ride a Motorcycle, and understand even more how each time Leslie falls down, she chooses to get back up and why. So remember, this week when you sit down with your favourite coffee in your favourite mug, 
just stop and pause and be completely present, even for a few seconds, to totally enjoy that moment you were in, one of the small moments in life. Take a deep breath, close your eyes, and smile.